we were going long though. Jeez. Yeah, we were going. We already skipped a couple of things. All right, so don't don't worry, man. We're just. I'm just gonna cut out a whole bunch of Peter anyway. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of That's a Rap Podcast. I am your co-host, Jay Rosales. I am joined by my other co-host, Dre. How's it going, buddy? Going really well, going really well. We've had a lot to talk about the penultimate week of the season. Um, Jason, what, what say you? How have you been? Oh, man. What's up, guys? Frig, it is almost playoff time. Can you smell it? Can you smell it in the air? Oh, I can't wait. It's there's three more games left. Well, I don't want to date this pod, but yes, there are three more games left. And for today's pod, we actually got a special guest. Jay, can you introduce him? Yes. Uh, without further ado, and this is why I kept the intro short, because uh, I wanted to introduce Peter K of Life and Repeat. Thanks so much for joining Thank us. You buddy. So How much, you doing? my friend. Let me just open a Steve <laughs> Weiser there before we get yes. started. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've Gentlemen, what a pleasure to join you guys to to chat Raptors. The season's winding down. How incredible is it that we have meaningless games? Right? What a luxury yeah. that is. I still remember that 11-year stretch where we were leaning on Bargnani, mm-hmm. we were leaning on Bosch, where we only made the playoffs twice in 11 years. We're spoiled. Oh. What is this, six straight years? We're playing meaningless April games, so anytime I find myself sort of checking out in these sort of last few games that don't really mean anything, I just remind myself where those years when we were winning like 20, 30-something games and just making an eighth seed would have like made (laughs) our year. Now, if we made the eight seed, something horrific happened. Seriously. So let's I think let's take a moment to just appreciate like this we the North era, because you never know, man. Like two playoff years in in two playoff seasons in eleven years, that was a stretch we endured. Mm-hmm. So I hear- I'm gonna enjoy every moment of this. <laughs> I hear that Pilsner, man. That's that's amazing, man. I thank you for bringing that on. I remember going to a Raptors game, and do you remember that year when we were like, I believe zero and like eleven to start the season or something like yes. that? Yes. And I oh my, God. I went <laughs> to that game where we won. It was fi- it was against Miami. And it was like Dwayne Wade had a really good game, but we, for some reason, we 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 beat that game and it went one for twelve. You know how crazy that crowd went? Holy crap! <laughs> it was so good. So, Imagine going one for twelve now. Uh, how, how Raptors yeah. Twitter would. I like. mean, going yeah. going twelve for one is like yeah, no big deal. This is the Raptors, man. Okay, so. Uh, let's let's not you know let's not kid ourselves playoffs is a big deal though and and Jay we have a lot to talk about can you can you kick us off brother yeah we do we do and you know what I'm I'm really glad Peter that you mentioned the fact that we had two playoff appearances in 11 years because one of those playoff appearances was against the Nets mind you they were in New Jersey uh but we did actually face the Nets uh, last night. Where we are recording this on a Thursday evening. I know this is probably going to come out Friday morning, um, but yeah, last night the the Raptors had uh, another uh, semi 
I wouldn't say meaningless game, but at the same time, it wasn't. There wasn't really any need for the Raptors to really show up. But there we are with Kawhi and Kyle and no load management um, happening, and we pulled out another, uh, like a second consecutive win over a team that is desperate to get into the playoffs. Uh, Dre, I'm gonna start with you. How what would how did you feel about yesterday's uh, Brooklyn game? I mean, you took over our Twitter account and you were just killing it. So. You tell us, like, uh, how, how was it? Is it obvious? Is it obvious <laughs> when I take over the Twitter? Um, well, first off, I want to actually play devil's advocate. I would like to say on my own thoughts, I wouldn't say that it was too meaningless at all because I think the further ahead we are of Golden State, if it comes down to a finals situation and we could take that home court, I think that would so... And that very, very optimistic long game, I think the lot the last couple of games still matter a little bit. But aside from that, yeah, it is a little meaningless. But it was incredible because first off, it was, uh, to me personally, an actual authentic sneak preview of what the playoffs might be like. Both teams were not having it. Like, both teams were fully there, invested, um, missing lots of shots. I've never seen such a competitive game where there were like at least like six air balls but like <laughs> that didn't matter like both teams were still on fire both teams were still going crazy but the air balls were just because of exhaustion because of tenacity how fast the pace was i mean both both sides i might add were very guilty of it there was a there was a time where pascal siakam got an air ball and i was like in what universe like what is this happening but then two minutes later he got a he got two straight threes or whatever but intense like Kawhi got headbutt in the head a fan fleet got elbowed in the face uh all sorts of contact you know things were getting technical with the the brooklyn side of things they even like got a foul called against them uh things were getting really heated lots of chirping um especially towards the refs from both sides uh it was it was a little heated and that's good because at least you know what you're heading into in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn are going to be intense. As a spectator, it's going to be great ball. That I do know. But see, that's the thing, man. Like, even though we are, you know, we are slated to be the second place team, we're kind of cruising now, right? It's There's only three games left. Brooklyn is scratching and clawing to make the playoffs. And you know what? It's not like we kind of played uh, like we were desperate, right? But we still won this weird period where we're playing lackadaisically, but yet we're still dominating. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a weird confidence that we have. Like, yeah, they can go on a run, whatever. We're just going to give it to Kawhi or give it to Siakam one-on-one. I remember there was this one play where Siakam had the ball and everyone cleared out, okay? And then he drove in, didn't get anything, drove back out. I thought he was going to pass it to Kyle or Kawhi. No, they let him do it again and he scored. Like, what in what in what universe they they are gonna let Pascal dominate this game? Like it was, it was so so nice to watch. I was gonna say like we're yeah we're playing teams that are they're battling for their playoff lives right they're they're scratching their clawing like you guys said and I tweeted this out in the third quarter it didn't even look like the Raptors were breaking a sweat you yeah. know what I mean like they they were very much in control of this game. And when the Nets went super small and late in the game to try to make sort of a latch, a last ditch effort, this is the big takeaway I took. I was glad that Nurse, you know, he didn't play his hand. He said, "Okay, oh, I'm just going to put Gasol 
or a Baca out here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you guys any film of what it looks like, <laughs> whether it's Siakam at center, Kawhi at the four, or even dare say, I've been waiting for this all season. We get we got glimpses of it uh, maybe a few weeks ago, but when the time comes, there will be a moment when Kawhi will play be our sort of small ball five. And so I, I credit Nick Nurse for not playing his hand and not giving the Nets the opportunity to see what that looks like. And the fact that we took the Nets best sort of punch by going small and we still survived, we still maintained. I think, I think that's great. And I think we match up very well um, with the Nets. And I also like had this, I don't want to say epiphany because that's, that might be overdoing it, but man, like we keep saying like Siakam's a star. Siakam's a star. Mm -hmm. Like, Siakam is a star. <laughs> He's a superstar right now. He had 28 points. Like Kawhi had 26. They just take over the game in similar yet different ways. And it was also sort of like Siakam's exclamation point on the. So you guys, so so some of you think this is a debate who the most improved player is. No, guys, it's me. I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was great to see. And then I think that you, you, all three of you touched on some, some really good points about how the Raptors have been playing. So I think just judging by what the three of you are saying, and I agree with this too, I think we can all agree that the Raptors are playoff ready. So keeping that in the back of your mind then, do you think that there's anything the uh, Raptors can can gain from these final three games? Like, for example... The, the the next two opponents uh, are follow the same ilk as as our previous two opponents, right? They're they're scrapping for playoff position. They're hoping to get in. Um, so the Raptors still have a game against uh, the Hornets, who are surprisingly still in this thing, and uh, possibly a final game against Dwayne Wade and the Miami Heat. So I mean, do you guys feel like uh, you know we keep kind of keep this momentum and and continue to play our starters or should there be some sort of a, uh, you know, maybe in, in each of the three games, maybe one of our starters sits, maybe Siakam sits one, Kawhi sits another. Cause um, I, I personally would like to bubble wrap our entire starting lineup <laughs> and I'm through with these effing thumb injuries. I don't know. I don't know if, I, if I'm alone on this, but do you guys think that we need some sort of a load management for for our players or do we just kind of continue ride this wave right because even when we're not in our in our top gear uh you know this playoff gear that we're kind of that nick nurse has already admitted he's kind of holding back on he's not calling all his plays and peter mentioned it already right like he's not showing anything really he's just kind of letting them play as loose as possible and they're still winning so what do you guys think uh Dre, do you think we should kind of keep riding this wave um I say yes, and if there is any load management necessary, even though I am a T-Wolves fan, bench the entire starting lineup uh, against the T-Wolves. There's absolutely no rhyme or reason to try and go out with a bang unless you want to set some sort of franchise record or something. Uh, With the other two games, I mean, Charlotte, who knows if they have a snowball's chance in hell of making it, but they still have a chance of making it. And the same with the Heat, even though they, their odds are a little bit more in their favor. Like we got a bit of a, a glimpse into the playoff with the Nets yesterday, uh, perhaps it would be good for us to do the same with these other two teams. But for the Timberwolves, I mean, absolutely zero reason to, to feature any of the starters, I, I would argue. <laughs> but 
I mean, uh, Jake, what do you think? Yes, we do want to. I'm going to send them in both Jay and, and Trey. You do want to kind of secure, you know, uh, the health of these players. But at the same time, you want them to be ready as as ready as possible. Because, you know, when you sit for a, a long period of time, it's not even if you go through practice, it's not the same as game time. Right. But mm-hmm. without all of that, I think this is a perfect time to scout. Right, we are facing teams that we may or may not play in the playoffs, and I think yesterday's game versus the versus the Nets was a perfect time for us to scout. Peter already uh, talked about this, and he said that you know we're not going to show all of our cards. Nurse is not it has a lot up his sleeve, right? And but the thing is, in order for Brooklyn to get into the playoffs, they have to play everything. They have to they have to go all out just to make it into the playoffs. So this is the perfect time to scout them. Right. And to see what their weaknesses are. And I think that's what we're doing. We're kind of doing everything where load management is still there. We're still uh, playing players that we need to. At the same time, it's a good time to scout. So right now we're in a good place and I want to I just want to keep this going. I wish it was already next week so we can talk about the playoff matchup. Right. Everyone's just waiting. I'm pretty sure the players are also seed watching right now, but we're in a good place. You're absolutely right. Like we're 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 kind of static. We're not going to catch the Bucks. The Sixers aren't going to catch us. The final mm-hmm. bit of housekeeping was touched upon earlier. Like let's stay ahead of the Warriors, right? You know, we got to think big picture. If we have visions of going where we haven't gone before, you know, having having home court is definitely definitely something we want to have in our favor. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have a two-game lead up on the Warriors with three games left. So, and we also own the tiebreaker since we <clears throat> we swept them easily throughout the regular season. Um, nice. And so, you know, I, I'm just keeping my eye on that. That's sort of the final bow on the season. Let's wrap it up. We're getting the two seed. Let's beat Golden State. And Nurse said after the Brooklyn game that he was going to continue to play the starters in the final three games just to keep them in rhythm, which I get. But I hope we get to a point where Tuesday's games, like you guys said, it's in Minnesota. Hopefully everything by then is taken care of. The Warriors can't catch us. We're at a good spot. Yes, let's rest. Let's give this team a full week off. But, you know, I'm all for, like, let's play the Hornets. Let's play the Heat. Let's see what we got. And I will see, if you look at it, Siakam played 36 minutes last night. Leonard played 34. So it's not like Nurse was just playing them casual minutes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Lowry played 33 as well. So I think we'll see more of that in the next two games. And then at that point, I think Nurse will decide whether to take the his foot off the pedal, rest everyone, call everyone up from the G League and just have like a, a throwaway game Tuesday night um, in Minnesota. And there are a couple things that, although we are playoff ready and we are looking forward to, to that point, there are a few things. There's one big thing that I kind of have been keeping my eye on and I was glad to see him perform very well against Brooklyn. And that was Serge Ibaka handling his sort of bench role. He, yeah. He's kind of looked off, right? His, his numbers are, are down slightly as a reserve. He doesn't seem quite as comfortable. But man, he went five for five from three. He dropped 23 points in 24 minutes. He had 12 boards. He looked so good. I kind of want to get, I kind of want to get a Baca more comfortable coming off the bench because it seems this is the way Nurse is going now. He's, he, Gasol's the starter. Ibaka's the sixth man. So let's use these last few games. Let's get Ibaka comfortable 
continue to get Ibaka comfortable in that role and to have him build off his probably his best game as a reserve since they acquired Gasol. And let's keep that momentum going. For sure. And you notice how Nurse said that uh, when, when he was asked who's going to start now, and he said, you know, the regulars. And that just meant Gasol's going to be starting and Serge is going to be coming off the bench. So this is the time for him to accumulate himself wish that with that bench and that really nice pick and roll with him and Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, and it, to add to the, the the point about Serge Ibaka, I'm glad you brought that up, Peter. Um, it, he even like threw in the, I believe it was like the the pull up three. I mean, that was more of like I felt like a heat check at one point. But uh, <laughs> what well, could you blame him? The guy had it missed. It's true, right? <laughs> and the thing that's great is that it's it wasn't even just what happened during last night's game or even the game before. He is averaging, uh, he's hit double digits in points over his last seven games. He has uh, gotten 20 and, well, last night it was 23 and 12. He also had 23 and 12 last week against the Bulls. So he's really coming into his own and accepting that role as that bench player. And on the flip side, I mean, Gasol uh, in the starting lineup, I mean, ever since we have acquired Gasol, uh, that was February 8th, I believe, uh, the Raptors have the point differential of, uh, I believe it's plus 16 against in 500 minutes in the around about 500 minutes that Gasol has played for the Raptors plus 16 point differential that's equivalent to the uh, record-breaking Warriors season from a couple years ago that's a 73 win season so if you extrapolate that over a full season that's how good the Raptors are with Gasol in that in the lineup so You're absolutely Very right. Promising. I think that's the mic drop for people who are still saying, well, I thought they looked better with JV, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to me, I, 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 yeah, this team with Gasol is on a whole other level. It's not a coincidence that they're passing the ball more. The ball movement looks so much better. They're getting more team assists a game. They're regularly hitting sort of that elite 30-team assist plateau that sort of designates an elite passing team from sort of the rest of the crop and their three-point efficiency they suddenly went from a team where it's like oh my god hit a three for please to suddenly being like marksman and Gasol he has this sort of impact on the game that is not visible in the box score you might look and see oh he had eight points this this and this he's doing so much more and I, I, I feel like him and Lowry are kindred spirits. They both like taking charges. They're both chirpy on the court. They seem both a little moody. I think those two are a great fit together. And, you know, like, I, it, it just amazes me. To me, it's wild that we have Memphis's best player on our team, yeah. and he's like our third or fourth option. Yeah, and I, I'm so glad that you brought up you know, his efficiency isn't brought up in numbers, which I know, Jay, you're obsessed with numbers, but I believe, I believe numbers tell a story, but I believe there's another story which can be told. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Toronto, since the All-Star, the second highest in the league with efficiency in threes since the All-Star break? No, actually, we're starting the league? no, Raptors are, are first by a long, like by a mile. Well, they're actually uh, first. Since since the All Star break, uh, the Raptors are four, have a three point percentage of forty one point eight percent, and the next closest are the Clippers at thirty eight point one. So that is almost four percentage points clear of second place. 
that since the All-Star break, that is three-point percentage. So yeah, the the Raptors are knocking it down at an, an unreal pace. And uh, yeah, it, it 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 matches up perfectly with with Gasol's, uh, you know, joining the team. There, there's something that we were touching upon earlier that I think we need to expand on a bit here. And that is um, the, the, the two games that we've just played and the two games we are about to play. And it all comes down to one thing, is one of these four teams is likely going to be our opponent in the playoffs. And uh, I know we've talked about it in previous episodes about who we would like to face and who do we think it might be. Um, and, and quite frankly, nothing has changed really over the last couple of weeks. So I guess the question now is, um, now that we've kind of got a full season's worth of data and, and, and eye tests and whatever, uh, what is it that you think is, um, like, I guess the biggest threat from each of the teams that we might possibly face? So I'm thinking Pistons, I'm thinking Brooklyn, I'm thinking Orlando, Miami, I'm not really considering Charlotte in all honesty. So between those four teams, I mean, who do you think is uh, the biggest threat? Uh, and I'm thinking more individually that rather than the actual team this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter, why don't I throw this to you first? Why don't you uh, take a crack at that one? Yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. One of those teams is, is going to be our opponent. And I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> None of them make me nervous. I think <laughs> I think we are we're gonna handle them. Whoever we face, it'll either be a sweep or a the gentleman's sweep where we uh, beat them in five. I know there's some thought that let's try to avoid the Pistons. The Pistons have our number. We're 0 for three against them. We had the buzzer beater where Dwayne Casey celebrated like he won the title. Um, but you know that game was before we had Gasol. We lost to the Pistons in our second game in overtime. We had no Kawhi. We lost by three points the third time in Detroit. We had no Lowry. And the biggest problem from the Pistons has been Blake Griffin. His points, his shooting, has are, when he plays the Raptors, are all above his season averages. So there might be that pause of like, okay, well, Blake Griffin has, has played well against us. But I also think that... I think Nurse has, like, like I was saying earlier, Nurse has, Nurse has some tricks up his sleeve, and I don't mm-hmm. think he showed them a lot against the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Pistons are big. They have Drummond. They have Blake Griffin. And what's to stop us from going small against them? I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's what we're going to do exactly, but I think a lot of fans are kind of worrying about the Pistons per se. And if you were to pick one of those four teams, if I had to pick, if any of them made me nervous, my answer is 0% nervous for any of them. But if I had to pick one, I'm, I'm going the Pistons because they're the only team that is going to have an all-NBA talent on that team. And that's going to be Blake Griffin. D'Angelo Russell, no, I, it doesn't scare me. We have a lot of perimeter defenders that can shut him down. Blake Griffin, he could be a problem. He's been so far matched up with Siakam, and he's out-muscled Siakam, to be honest. But I also think it's good experience for Siakam to go up against a bruising physical player like Blake Griffin. That could only make him better, sort of iron sharpens iron. But I also think Nurse will find a way to sort of make Detroit pay for going big with Drummond and Griffin that he hasn't shown before. And... Yes, you know, we lost to a, on a buzzer beater. We lost the other game in overtime. We lost the other game by three, but we weren't at full power. So I'm not going to read a lot into that. 
And I, I don't pay much attention to regular season records and everything. Cause if you remember in 2015, we swept the wizards in the regular season, right? That's true. Then the playoffs started and the wizards swept us. So I'm not going to read too much into any of this, but honestly, I'm sure one of these teams probably make us each a little bit more nervous than the other. But I think at the end of the day, I think we all feel 100% confident that whoever we play, we're, we're moving to the second round. Yeah, for sure. Gee, I think you said this last week. Whoever we do face, we're going to beat them easily. I'd give maybe, like you said, Peter Pistons, maybe six games, maybe five. I don't know. But I feel like we're going to be, it's going to be quite easy. Um, but if if there was any team that would scare me, it would be, it would be Pistons. You're right. It would be Griffin. But I'm wondering, and I want to ask you this question. I know that you want to go small, but do you think that lineup with uh, Gasol and Ibaka card, just so they can match up with the Griffin and Drummond? Yeah, that's the thing, right? That's the the question at hand. Do we sort of match up with the Pistons, or do we kind of force them to match up with us? And we, so far, we've seen it hasn't really worked. Like I was saying, because Siakam draws that defensive assignment, right? Mm-hmm. And Blake Griffin has kind of had three really good games against us. So I do think Nurse, there is a wrinkle there that Nurse can exploit by maybe bringing Drummond out to guard the three-point line, bring him away from where he loves to be, which is in the paint. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm, I'd be curious to even see, we didn't get to see much of it if we rarely saw it at all. Was I'd like to see Kawhi have his, have his go with Blake Griffin. And I think there's a reason... Nurse hasn't kind of done that yet. Um, But I do think, you know, like we could go the way we could match up with them. And I'm sure um, Nurse might try that out of the gate and then just kind of see is are we are we playing with a different intensity now that it's the playoffs and we're handling the Pistons easily? We don't need to sort of put the wear and tear on Siakam or Kawhi or even an OG guarding Blake Griffin. And if you remember, OG did a really good job guarding Blake Griffin when Siakam was on the bench. That's I don't true. know if you guys remember yeah, yeah. those Pistons games. OG can hold his own. You know what I mean? Like last year in the playoffs, he was a rookie and he was guarding LeBron James. So that's a blessing and a curse, right? It's like, oh, it's you're a rookie, you're guarding LeBron James. And it's also, oh, shit, you're a rookie and you're guarding LeBron James. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think OG is up for that physicality as well. And I think we have a lot of wrinkles that we can do. Like you were saying, if Nurse wants to go the traditional route and sort of bang with them by having both bigs out there, I don't see him doing that because he kind of hasn't put them both in the starting lineup together. And I don't think he would do that in the playoffs, but I do think he would try to Detroit's not a great three point shooting team. Yes. They have been shooting the three ball. Well, during this sort of run where they went from out of the playoffs to sort of the lower rung of the playoffs. But ultimately I don't think they want to play that kind of basketball. They want the ball to run through Griffin, through the elbows, see what he can create. And I think nurse, has a few tricks up his sleeve and I I'm, I'm very excited to see what he has. And you know what? Like the nets, like I said, they don't really scare me. The magic, they don't really scare me because they don't really, especially the magic. They don't have that bona fide star that you could throw it to late in the game. Who's getting them buckets. But there is something about Miami that always makes me nervous. You know, you could watch them on any given night and they look really bad or they look really good. Like, but in Miami probably actually scares me the the most out of those four teams for some reason huh. too. But I think if there's something that we've learned from the Raptors this season is that um, when things do get scrappy or when the Raptors are having an off game or when their opponent is hot, we haven't really had many games where we have been blown out or 
confirmed some sort of a fight. So uh, again, kind of echoing all of your points, I think there's a lot to be to look forward to in terms of at least the first round. Um, as it pertains to the Pistons, if I could add one little number to that, um, <laughs> we I think there's a perception out there that with Drummond and Griffin, um, that 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 kind of front court could give the Raptors a lot of problems. Um, two points to that, actually. Number one, um, the, the Nets tried to do something where they were playing small against us yesterday. And the Raptors could have adjusted and played small as well. But Nick Nurse said, nope, I'm going to stick with Ibaka out there or Gasol out there. And we're just going to beat you our way. And that's how the Raptors won. So if if the Pistons were to follow the same suit, you know, roll out Drummond and, and Griffin, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be throwing out Ibaka or, and Gasol at the same time. Um, and this is a, a fun little stat that I came across. So if we're looking at, and a lot of the stats that I like to throw out there are always post All-Star because um, that's generally how long we've had Gasol for. Um, the Raptors are averaging on a per game basis more rebounds than the Pistons. I don't think I would have predicted that. Again, if we consider that Drummond is the league leader in rebounds per game, Griffin is a beast on the boards. Uh, the Raptors aren't known as a strong rebounding team. But since the All-Star break, yes, the Raptors are averaging more rebounds per game than the Pistons. So again, I, I, I guess I echo what you're all saying. I'm not really afraid about any one player or any one team uh, who we face in the first round. So with that being said, uh, I think it's probably time to cut for a commercial break. All right, boys. So... You're you you're an amazing writer. Actually, you know what? All three of you guys are actually really really good writers. But Jay, you're writing this uh, seating thing with Sean Woodley of Raptors HQ of why Kawhi or actually no Kawhi why is staying. See what I did there? Is staying with the Toronto Raptors, and now we're finally at the final spots. Your two spots are Siakam is really good and load management. Can you please tell us how we got here? Yeah, this has been the most fun project I've ever been a part of. Um, and I, I, I think we touched upon it briefly uh, a couple weeks ago, but I never really got a chance to really expand on it. But the way this kind of came about is that, you know, all season long, we've been trying to pick up little cues, right? We, we, we knew the second we got Kawhi that we were almost on a, uh, the clock was ticking on the Raptors. There was this pressure that this would be the only season we'd have a superstar of this caliber, which the franchise has never had before. We, you know, there are a lot of rumblings about him going to LA. So the the domino effect of that, or what that created was this intrigue about anything that Kawhi would say or do. Um, and the fact that he is a very, at least up until before this season, there was this perception that he was very quiet, didn't show a lot of emotion. That just added to this, that added to this whole thing about, okay, whatever he does now, he's staying, right? Mm -hmm. It just kind of became a thing that everyone said, like, oh my gosh, he smiled, he's staying. Like it's, and as this was going on throughout the, the season, you know, myself and, and Sean Woodley, I noticed, we would always just kind of like, like that tweet or, you know, kind of comment on it. And I just noticed that there was like this database of Kawhi is staying news bits that I was collecting. And I was like, well, you know, as as time rolls around for March Madness and everyone thinking about different kind of brackets, we uh, I I just threw the idea to him. I'm like, hey, Sean, like I know you love these whole Kawhi staying news bits. What do you think about doing a bracket? 
and that's how it kind of came about. And, you know, we had 32 picks and bracket style, and we actually had probably enough to do 64, but we, we actually narrowed it down to 32. And the, the, the whole process has been amazing because um, as we've been breaking down these matchups and, you know, uh, I guess putting every single detail under a microscope and analyzing which is more, you know, Kawhi is staying worthy, um, I, I find it amazing that our finalists are actually not highlights. It's not like Kawhi high-fived Chris Boucher and was happy for him. Yeah, that was in the bracket, but that is a highlight. Hmm. Kawhi celebrating uh, Pascal Siakam's game winner. That's a highlight. But the two finalists are things that have been happening all season long. And Pascal being um, what what I what I mentioned in our in our previous article uh, with Pascal being amazing at what he's doing this year and in and his improvement and you you all touched upon this it's obvious he's the most improved player but he's more than that he is uh, at least by some of the stats I was able to find he is the best teammate that Kawhi Leonard has ever had I'm not even just talking mm. about like who he might be teammates with next year with the Clippers. I'm talking about ever. So I was looking at uh, one stat that really jumped out to me was uh, for each of the first seven seasons that uh, Kawhi played in San Antonio, what was the, the there's a stat there the, the, that baseball lovers love, which is VORP, a value over replacement player. And typically Kawhi is the leader of his team in that because there's no one as valuable as him. But I looked at who his teammates, what his teammates VORP was and only two players, both in the same season, had a higher VORP than Siakam. And that was Duncan and Danny Green in 2014 and 15. But that's it. Those two players in one season. So Siakam has been, uh, at least from a value standpoint, more valuable than any other teammate Kawhi has ever had. And and then if we look at who he might be playing with next year with the Clippers, uh, all signs are pointing to Kyrie and KD probably going to the Knicks. And if we look at other big name superstars, uh, Jimmy Butler is a locker room toxic. Uh, he's sorry, he's toxic in the locker room. And any other name you throw out there, Siakam can hold kind of hold his own. And Kawhi has had an entire year to build that chemistry with him. So mm-hmm. that's why Siakam has made the finals. And of course, I don't even have to tell you guys why load management is in the finals. And that has been a season long. Um, I want to say a way of kind of winning over Kawhi and addressing one of his biggest needs when he joined the Raptors, which was health. So after that long winded rant, <laughs> my, my question to you guys is who do you think will win? <laughs> <laughs> Peter, you want to take well, this on? Jay, I, yeah. Jay, I was going to say what, a, what, what great work you and Sean did. Um, I've, I've been enjoying that from the sideline. So, so kudos to you guys, such a, such a fun idea. And, um, and, and great work as, as always. Um, yeah, like if, if at the beginning of the season, when we got Kawhi, if you were to sit down and script how you would want the season to go, I think the real life has gone better than the script we would have drawn up. I don't think anyone saw Siakam becoming this good, this fast, which was unexpected. And 
who and and Kawhi after only playing nine games in the season before that. So by all effectively, let's just assume like he missed the whole year essentially, right? Nine games doesn't add up to anything. So we knew coming into this season, there's no way he's playing 82 games. That was just not going to happen. And the fact that he's missed 22 games and the Raptors went 17 and five during those 22 mm-hmm. games is is incredible. That's better. That's that's a better winning percentage than when Kawhi plays. Obviously, we're not going to draw some hastily conclusion that the Raptors are better without him. That's just nonsense. It's just a fun stat on its own that they've gone 17 and five without him. Um, so this is going to whoever what wins Siakam as a superstar or load management. I'd be happy either way. I think they're both positives but if i had a vote um and i I, the vote would be for load management and it would be for the stat i just gave you and also i think Kawhi has a front row seat how great siakam has been how good and young this team is how shrewd masai ujiri is as the leader of this organization and i think what we've what we're seeing happening with the lakers what we're seeing happening with the Pelicans is just like more reasons for Kawhi to stay. So, for example, Anthony Davis and LeBron James have both both missed 23 games, and I, there are, the, the Pelicans have gone seven and 16, and so have the Lakers. So they both have missed 23 games, and coincidentally, both teams have gone seven and 16 during that span. So if you flip that with Kawhi and the Raptors going 17 and 5, and if Kawhi puts himself on the Lakers, he wants to be load managed, he wants to play 60 games, is that team going to go 17 and 5 or are they going to go 7 and 16? Are they going to be pressuring Kawhi like, "Hey man, we're 7 and 16 without you. We're clinging to a playoff spot as opposed to being comfortably nestled into the number 2 seed." So I think all the errors that are going on with the Pelicans and the Lakers and the Raptors successful load management of Leonard is key to his recruitment cuz if he goes to the Clippers and he wants to sort of do the same thing, do 60, 70 games a year, the Clippers aren't going to go 17 and five. Mm-hmm. They're going to go most likely seven and 16. So Kawhi's going to feel that scrutiny, that pressure of why aren't you playing? Now he's not getting that because the Raptors win when he doesn't sit. So I do think the load management is the biggest thing. And also seeing what happens when the Pelicans load manage Davis and Lakers and seeing the flip side of being on a team that, you know what, isn't, they're not that very, they're, the Raptors actually have a more exciting young core. And so I think it's wonderful that Kawhi has had a front row seat to all this. And Masai Ujiri is like, you know what, Kawhi, we have a great team, but you know what, here's Mark Gasol for you. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think Masai Ujiri himself as a leader is, he's very charismatic. And I think that is going to play a part in, in Kawhi staying if he chooses to do that. And, if Kawhi is asking him, hey, where's that next superstar? If I'm a Sayajiri, I'm saying, hey, it's Siakam. And if I'm a Sayajiri, I'm saying, look, Kawhi, I got you. Who knows who else I can get? Pete, if I could say one thing about what you just said, preach, baby. Preach. Man. <laughs> like, so many good points there, bro. Good lord. I mean, so Jay brought some numbers. I had to bring some numbers. Absolutely. <laughs> like I I 
I was going to go... Basically, this is what happened. I was going to go Siakam, but you just... You flipped the switch and you you made me... You convinced me that it is load management because let's think about it here for a second. Everybody is harping about this load management crap, right? And some people on the outside are saying, oh, you guys are babying Kawhi. Why are you letting him sit? Oh, like... like we, this is exactly what he wanted. What did? Why did he leave San Antonio? Because they they misdiagnosed him. They basically didn't give their superstar what he wanted. What are we doing? Kawhi, do whatever you want. Kawhi, this is your team. Kawhi, this is we're getting Marcus All. Uh, Kawhi, we we have a all star in the making in Siakam. This you can sit and we are still going to win. We're going to be second place in the East and you're going to go far in the finals. You're not going to get that anywhere else. We're going to give you the most money. You're going to give you security. And if everyone else is saying that, oh, you are just babying him, who cares? Who cares? This is what he wanted. This is what he needed. And this is, you see all the emotion that he's evoking, all the slapping your hands and high-fiving and being so energetic with the crowd and even doing like post-game with anybody in the radio like when do you ever see this with Kawhi he's very comfortable and I think it is because of that quote-unquote load management the load management there's so much more to it and I think it comes from the top down like Peter you were saying with the Pelicans and the Lakers like you see where the management is you see who they're drafting you see what they are doing with their teams you know what we're doing we're getting players Players like in the 27th pick are undrafted and they're becoming all-stars in front of our eyes and Kawhi sees that so the load management yeah we, we you can let him sit and he, we're still going to win but also it just means that we're making him comfortable we're giving him exactly what San Antonio didn't and I don't care what anyone else has said yeah. the load management is go, it should win Jay it, it, long long uh long story short load management that should win you're both absolutely correct, Jay and Peter. You're both uh, absolutely right on the money. And the way I see it, uh, just to, again, further what the, both of your sentiments, uh, the Raptors right now for me kind of feel like one other team when you're comparing Kawhi being able to sit out, not having to worry about games because we've got the rest of the team covered. And all the enough that's Golden State. But the difference between us and Golden State is we don't have five all-stars we just have a veteran all-star in Marcus Gasol we have uh, Kyle Lowry who you know started as, a, as an all-star but now kind of is a reserve but we have one superstar and that's Kawhi Leonard so riddle me this what other team right now that's available can you rest games how many games were that it was a quarter of the season if it's 20 something right and still be the face of the franchise and not have to worry about your team failing if you're resting. So you don't have to worry about lifelong injuries. He's still the number one superstar that we have. And while we're forming a team around him and we've got a new gen to follow in his footsteps afterwards, we've brought it up on the podcast today, every other episode. There's like a million other things that are keeping him staying, regardless of what I've, what other teams can offer him this. I can't think of any. Can you guys? As someone who has, uh, you know, this has been a, an amazing project to be a part of. Um, I, I've been, uh, you know, dumbfounded with the, the the amount of feedback and 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 wonderful words that we've received throughout this process. And it's amazing that, like, when we started this a couple of weeks ago, that even within this two week span, we've been receiving more. Kawhi is staying types of news bits even within this time span. 
like whether it was uh you know Josh Lewenberg's re report that you know the the Raptors are very confident they're going to resign him or whether it was Kawhi's meeting with Paul George and what were they actually saying to each other there's just so many and whether or not we choose load management or Pascal Siakam as the winner, the point is that both of them are worthy. All 32 news bits are worthy and more. That, um, you know, what, what Peter had mentioned earlier is that um, if you could have scripted this, we've actually exceeded how this could have played out. So if he doesn't sign with the Raptors, then there never was a chance for the Raptors to to sign him in the first place. And I can live with that knowing that Masai and this amazing uh, coaching staff and all of the players, did ev everyone had a part in this. Um, and if you look back on, on how the bracket was first constructed, you will see, you, you will hardly see multiple names up there. Yes, Pascal made it to the semifinals against himself. However, you saw names like Chris Boucher, you saw Norm Powell, you saw... Uh, Serge Ibaka, obviously you saw Kyle Lowry, all these names all over the place, all are adding little pieces. And, you know, again, if, if he doesn't resign, then fine, then I, I can live with, with, with how this played out. But I'm just happy that we've had the kind of season that we've had. So I it just gets me even more excited about what the playoffs are, are going to bring. So um, thanks again, guys, for your, your nice. feedback. I Wait, am, spoiler alert. Yeah. Who are you going to pick? Uh, oh, so so I I got to say this. So as I've been writing each of these, so people have asked me this actually. There, when 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 the article goes out, and then we're down to the next matchup, I've I've received questions like, okay, so who are you going to pick in the next one? I'll be honest with you, I don't know, and I mean this because as I'm typing or as I'm writing, I'll typically have uh you know a, a thought in my head like, okay, I think you know let's say load management is going to win. I start typing out my reasoning, and typically what I'll do is I'll try to you know almost hype up the one is going to lose, but then end up shifting sides and saying, but actually this is the winner. But what I end up doing is I end up convincing myself that the original choice that I was just going to you know hype up and end up losing ends up being the choice. I end up convincing myself as I'm writing. So I, I'm I'm being I'm being completely 100% honest. I I don't know who's going to win. I'm mm. uh, I'm actually as we're recording this, I'm actually typing it out right now. Uh, so, That's awesome. Um, and I'll, and if I, I if if you don't mind, I'd like to add another point please. to that. Like Kawhi Leonard hasn't experienced Toronto in the playoffs yet. Very true. I'm talking rabid crowd. I'm talking mm -hmm. thousands of people in Jurassic Park, like. The players, if you remember, they would they would comment like they would before the playoff games, they would show them live feeds of the fans outside just to get them pumped up. Right. Mm -hmm. Kawhi hasn't experienced that yet. Like he's going to feel if he hasn't felt it already, the power of an entire nation behind him. He's going to feel the thousand, the hundreds of people out there in Jurassic Park, and he's going to feel that playoff energy, the Toronto has one of the, I'm not just saying this as a Raptors home, or maybe I am. We have one of the best crowds. And when the playoffs start and Jurassic Park is bumping and the ACE, uh, the Scotiabank arena is, is rammed and with rabid fans, that's, that's going to be another factor. And I've said it from the beginning of the season, the fans 
whatever percentage you want to assign to it, they are going to play a part in Kawhi's recruitment. Maybe it's 5%, maybe it's 2%. But when he gets the full force of Toronto behind him and he's going to see it in the playoffs, I think that will also weigh in. Not as much as like obviously the other things we mentioned, mm-hmm. but I do want to give a special shout out to to our to our hardcore fans. Hell yeah, man. And it's true because even as an opponent, he's never seen uh Toronto Raptors playoff crowds. I, I do I do definitely hark on the fact that we have one of the best crowds. And this could be homerism. We have do we have one of the best crowds in the entire NBA. I haven't seen any other crowd that would be outside in the thousands in the freezing cold and sometimes hail and cheering on those Raptors at like 7 p.m. on a Tuesday. You guys got to work. What are you doing? You know, like it's it's crazy. That's not even what if we make the finals? How many people are going to be in Jurassic Park? I have So I have a feeling I was actually talking to my wife about this. If we do. okay, sorry, not even if when we make the finals, they are not going (laughs) to have enough space outside of ACC so what they're going to do is going to have a watch party at the Skydome I'm calling it right now that's why it's called Jurassic World right <laughs> damn I didn't even think pew, about pew, pew, that pew, pew, pew. damn oh man that you know what and that kind of that kind of comes full circle I remember being a, a youngster in the 90s and paying a dollar to sit in the 500 level of the Sky Dome to watch the Raptors play. So how wild it would be. Remember those foam heads with the Raptors? Like you get to be like a Raptor head or it. something. You still have that? <laughs> oh, it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, got out on my wall. So how fitting would it be? It's almost poetic. We start there, and now we kind of end there. There you go, man. There you go. Wow. I... I, I now I can't get it out of my head. I can't get the Jurassic World out of my head at all. <laughs> no, but this is this has been like like I said, guys. Uh, you know, I, this has been an amazing experience. Um, I, I was only half joking when I said I'm actually writing this because uh, it's actually Sean's turn to write right now. So I got a break and I can focus back on this pod. <laughs> no, but but in all in all in all complete honesty, um, yeah, I, I I I'm not sure how the timing will work out. Um, which will come out first, whether it's the uh, the article or or this pod. But either way, I mean, look out for it. Um, and let's just finish the damn bracket. Like, not even just the damn bracket, the damn regular season. Guys, there are three games left. Let's go through this final schedule and just get on with the playoffs so that the next time we have a pod, we're not talking about, you know, uh, Kawhi staying or not. We're not talking about... Uh, should we be resting players or load managing or whatever next week let's start talking about the damn playoffs let's start talking about who we're facing and start breaking down every little piece of minutia about x opponent so with that being said we've got three games coming up we've already talked kind of a bit about two of them um we got uh, a date in charlotte then we got a home game against miami which is not only possibly Dwayne Wade's uh, second to last game of his uh, career, um, but it's also a possible preview for for the playoffs. So, and and this is something that I, it's very minor, I know, but um, Hassan Whiteside, uh, if you guys remember or not, he actually used to be part of the Raptors uh, summer league team. 
This is before he, really? he signed on. Yeah, before oh. he signed on with the Heat, he, he bounced around a lot of teams. And one of the teams he was on was the Heat, uh, sorry, the, the Raptors. And the coach was Nick Nurse. So it just so happens that this being Nick Nurse's first season, there's been rumblings about, you know, this is Whiteside's chance to get revenge on the guy that never, because Nick Nurse never really played him a lot, right? Because if he did, then he would have ended up on the Raptors, right? So there's grumblings about, well, he gets to get his revenge on, on Nick Nurse. But as it has played out, he hasn't really had a chance to play against the Raptors. Either he's missed an injury or whatever. So there's that extra incentive for Whiteside to kind of stick it to his former, you know, summer league coach. So there's there's that little bit of intrigue there. Man, you came and off the I, top rope with that trivia. Yeah, I love it. Damn. I just I just threw it out there for you guys. Um, and, <laughs> and then finally, we have, of course, the game against uh, the T-Wolves, which, which whatever, you say what you want about it. But, um, you know, considering all the things that are happening with, with us Probably resting guys, maybe not. I don't know. Um, and two of our three opponents being very playoff hungry. What, how do you guys feel like these three games will play out? Jay, I'll start with you. Um, for Friday, we're going to eliminate Charlotte from the playoffs. Uh, on Ooh. Sunday, we are going to finally see. This probably will be the last time we we face him. So I wouldn't mind him winning or shooting a game winner and jumping on our, um, I guess, what is that? Like the board where he like says this is my house. I honestly wouldn't mind that if he did that. <laughs> and uh, on Tuesday, let's bubble wrap everybody and let's go into the playoffs. What about you, Peter? Hey, I, you know what? I I, th- I feel like we need to beat Charlotte. That Jeremy Lamb buzzer beater was. That's going to be on like every end of the year. Yep. Plays of the year, right? Plays of the and year, buzz of the, buzzer beater of the year, longest shot was, of the year. Oh, I was at that game. I oh, was six really? rows behind the Raptors bucket. And I got home and I was I wanted to watch it on TV. And lo and behold, my wife starts laughing because you could see me in the background. <laughs> when Jeremy Lamb when Jeremy Lamb loses the ball, I raise my arms and I'm cheering, like, okay, we won it. And then he lifts the ball up, and then it goes in, and my hands go to the top of my head, and my mouth is just agape. Oh so my my, God. my wife was thoroughly enjoying <laughs> watching my reaction oh my to gosh, that. That's so amazing. I, yes, let's let's eliminate the Hornets. You know, I do have a soft spot in soft spot in my heart for Kemba Walker. He's one of those the opposing players that I always enjoy watching. But you know what? Let's respect the integrity of the playoffs. Let's beat the Hornets. Let's beat the Heat. And then maybe the Raptors will call us up and we'll play against Minnesota <laughs> or something. <laughs> that would be excellent. We'll be called the uh, Raptors 416. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, uh, let's let's beat Charlotte. Uh, we had a bit of an off game with them. Let's uh, play the fourth quarter of the entire game. I think we're going to beat the Heat. Um Sorry, Dwayne Wade, you're not going to pull a 60 like Kobe. Um, <laughs> but uh, I wish you well in your future endeavors. Hopefully they do make the playoffs, but not for us. And the Timberwolves, I'm saying as a Timberwolves fan, a Canadian or Toronto representative that will actually be there is Andrew Wiggins. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, Jay, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to echo some of your thoughts there, guys. Uh, I think we do eliminate the Hornets. Um I'm going to call the Miami Heat game a loss, actually. Um, you know, one of these, or at least one of these games, we're going to be seeing um, either limited minutes or something because, I, I, as I was alluding to earlier, there's just 
way too much risk in in doing in playing these guys for much more uh time than they need to be so um and and you guys also kind of hinted at this earlier about like playoff opponents that you you kind of fear even just a little bit um and i think i know why the heat got mentioned a couple times it's it's not necessarily the players it's the coach Eric Spolsha oh, is mm-hmm. probably of those four teams fighting for a playoff spot. He is the best coach of those four. So uh, at the very least, I see the Heat beating the Raptors. Um, and then, you know, our, our 905 team can still beat the Wolves. So I finish <laughs> off 2 and 1, and uh, that's how the season wraps up. There you go. Awesome, guys. So just think about it. Playoffs are in less than two weeks. Two weeks? Good Lord. Let's do this. But until then, Dre, where can I find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. And uh, you can follow my film website, filmsfatale.com. See what films I'm giving good reviews, see which ones I'm skewering. Jay, where can I find you? Uh, You can find me on Raptors HQ. As I mentioned a couple of times, uh, you've got the uh, Kawhi is staying bracket. The dramatic conclusion coming out Friday morning. Uh, I actually do not have any more uh, wrap-up games of the week to write, so I am certainly percolating on what to do during the playoffs, but I'll be writing something. Um, You can find me, uh, all my work on Raptors HQ, and find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Over to you, Jay. Oh, all right, and you can find me at on Twitter at jlon 20 You can find this podcast on Twitter at That's a Rap Pod, and you can find this podcast you're listening to on all your podcatchers, Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, all of that. Please, what, honestly, I'm not a very good writer, so whenever I read any of you guys, uh, all your writing, it's so fantastic. You make me feel not very adequate and just go go see all the all the writing that andreas does jay does and especially our good friend peter on life and repeat peter thank you so much for joining us for this pod the stage is yours please let the listeners know where they can find you gentlemen what a pleasure i couldn't think of a better way to sort of get through the final few games of the seasons and then chatting with you guys. So thank you guys for having me on and you can find my work at lifeinrepeat.com. You can find me on Twitter at life in repeat. And I just posted something today uh, where I rank the, the best five Raptors games of this season. So check it out. Give me a follow. And that's a rap pod. You guys ever need me, just flash the life and repeat logo and I'll be there. Can't wait to do this again. Thank you so much, Peter. Uh, But until next time, that's a wrap. Usually I reserve this spot for something stupid or silly. I just wanted to take this time to say, Kawhi, Kishel, congratulations on your second child from everyone here at That's a Wrap. Oh, and a happy birthday, Mrs. Andreas. (laughs) (laughs) She she says thank you. (laughs) There, there, that's the silly component. There you go. (laughs) That's not true.